1: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I am not your normal Thursday host. My name is Maggie Loney, and I am joined by Jimmy Christensen, and we have the distinct privilege of bringing you the Thanksgiving episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast. So we have some fun Thanksgiving conversation that we will save for later in the show. But first, Jimmy, I guess we should probably talk about, you know, the game that's happening on Sunday. Um, the 8-3 and three Packers are hosting the 7-3 and three Rams, and the Rams have a pretty good defense. Yes. Um, but we have to talk about the Packers, the Packers defense and how that defense, um, I guess, can slow down a really good Rams offense, too. So
1: Just make Matthew Stafford do Matthew Stafford things is, like, I think job number one. Uh, He can make really great throws. I know Roger said on the McAfee show he won't stand for any Matt Stafford slander. And I don't mean that in, like, a bad way. But, like, he is guaranteed to throw one or two your way to be able to intercept it. So we have to actually capitalize on it. I think that's the biggest thing. Don't let those interceptions hit the ground. Actually capitalize on the opportunities Stafford's going to give you.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think we saw it in the last two weeks with, you know, the Titans and then the 49ers, he was backed up into his own end zone and okay. threw you know, two pick sixes in two weeks. I don't know if they were both pick sixes, but either way, you know, really dangerous interceptions. And we saw, you know, Adrian Amos had a couple opportunities against Seattle that he couldn't get his arms around Darnell Savage had a couple against the Vikings last week that he couldn't necessarily bring down. So I think that's going to be kind of the key, like you said, going into this game is if Matt Stafford gives you the opportunity, which he likely will do once or twice, you mm-hmm. have to make the most of it because otherwise this is potentially a game that could be a track meet like we saw against the Vikings last week.
1: I forgot who tweeted it out, and now I kind of feel bad, but I, um, someone put out of the eight interceptions Stafford had thrown, only one of them has gone to a, a cornerback. The rest have been either safeties or linebackers. So that's it's huge for amos and savage like this is a game where savage can redeem himself uh for last week and not even either way he was in the he was in the position to make plays they, they weren't completion so like that's great so i should not even say the word redeem his stuff redeem himself but take it up to the next level and actually capitalize on those opportunities um but can i ask you a quick question yes savages drop do you think it was an interception or did they have the right call
2: I think that I agree with Matt LaFleur and that I have no idea what the rule actually is supposed to be because I wasn't sure that the Kevin King interception against Seattle was a pick either and then they ruled it a pick. So I think, you know, the consistency is kind of lacking in officiating across the NFL right now. Watching it live, I thought it was definitely a pick and then seeing the replay, I could see how they were going to make the case for it. But I kind of thought that it was one of those that would stand as called on the field.
1: Yeah, Um I'm the same way. Like, I guess there wasn't a lot of evidence to overturn it, but I don't know. I wasn't – I guess the same as you. Like, I really thought Kevin's King's interception was not an interception, and then it was. And then the Savage one I just assumed wasn't because, I like, the ball ended up coming out and stuff. So, I don't know. People were definitely in a tiffy about it, but I didn't think it was (laughs) that, like, much of, like, oh, my goodness, he definitely caught it. But I just wanted to see what you thought on that.
2: I mean, I think, you know, the Packers were kind of due – for a game like that, where it just doesn't go their way, unfortunately, because we have seen it go their way so many times, you know, they've won close ones where they got the ball back last against the 49ers. They had the, I mean, it wasn't lucky. It was a really good play by Russell Douglas against the Cardinals. They Mm -hmm. had the fluky kicking game against the Bengals. So, Mm -hmm. you know, this felt like one of those games where the ball was just going to bounce the other way. And for the first time in a while, the Packers just had to sit on the sidelines and watch as somebody else march down the field and let time expire so I don't know I'm Perry and I have talked about this a little bit on Pax, what she said so I'm curious your thoughts on this you know do you feel any worse about this Packers team going into the rest of the season with this game and the way that they lost it and even if they drop you know to eight and four after a ram's loss on Sunday like will it alter your perception long term or are you looking at it more from the perspective of this is a really banged up team that needs to get healthy?
1: No, that's exactly it. Like this team is without a lot of their top players. Um, I think Matt Diamond said like their uh, all their pro bowlers bowlers from last year combined missed like 34 games or something like that. Like it's an insane number. Um, so no, I think it's just a really banged up team. And I, I'm more, I guess I'm more confident in the fact that they are only three losses with how many injuries that they've had. Uh, just like I know you and every other Packer fan, I'm definitely worried what's going to happen now that Elton Jenkins gone. I know Bakhtiari coming back in the future, fingers crossed, is going to be huge for that offensive line. But now we're missing our other best lineman. It's, I don't know, I it just stinks. It feels like we had to kill someone to bring someone else back, and I don't like it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think the hard part with, you know, this happening right now is that you really need the interior of the offensive line to be stout against Aaron Donald. It's not like another edge rusher where you can be okay with your bookend tackles. This is somebody who's going to put all of their pressure on that interior. And the interior of the offensive line has not been playing that great the last couple weeks. So, you know, you don't even have the option at this point to think about sliding Elton inside and putting Yash on the outside because Elton's gone. So that's, you know, obviously really frustrating. And I think one of the hardest parts about the Elton Jenkins injury is when you're looking at guys that get injured late in the season like this, it puts a lot of their 2022 season in jeopardy at that point as well. You know, it's not something that he'll be able to theoretically get back in time to start the season for. So when they're young like this and they're guys that are, you know, eyeing up a big second contract, it especially stinks.
1: Yeah. And that, yeah, that's the worst part because, you know, he's going to miss out on million like his contract's going to be millions less than it would have been if he had a healthy finish to this year a healthy start to next season um I'm, i am the packers do well it depends who you ask i guess and Rodgers might not agree but the packers i feel do a good job of taking care of their guys like contract wise so i still think he's going to get an extension offered from the packers and i still think they'll give him one that's um quite large at least we, we can assume so I don't know. Hopefully he comes back healthy at this point. That's really all you can hope for. Get back, uh, D-back back back there. And I don't know, hopefully at some point in 2022, we have a healthy offensive line. You know, it's been like two seasons where we haven't really, I feel like, but uh, you know, there's always next year, I guess.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, the Packers are kind of still as weird as it is to say, even if they headed into the bye eight and four, they're still in a really good position in the rest of the NFC. They're finishing four out of their six games at home. They've Mm -hmm. got all three division rivals that they have to play one more time. And they've got the Browns and the Ravens. So kind of a tough stretch, but all winnable games at this point um, for that team. And, you know, we're thinking Jair can come back. We're hoping Zadarius Smith can come back. David Bakhtiari, it sounds like. Could be back in time to play against the Bears uh, when they host on Sunday Night Football after the bye. So, really your, tough.
1: Yeah, what's your confidence level in Zadarius and Jair coming back? I know we're, like, in the dark on it, but, like, do you have a gut feeling either way if they'll be back or not?
2: To me, I feel more confident that Jair will be back than, than Z, but I think – I kind of feel like Z is going to sit until – maybe playoff time and I feel like we could see Jair towards the end of the season like week 17 week 18 maybe and there's no basis for that it's just what I'm thinking
1: yeah no I was thinking the same thing I think if we do get Z back it will be it'll be playoffs but what a that'd be really cool though like your first playoff game like all of a sudden Zadarius is running out ready to do his first game since week one like I feel like that'd be a huge boost just in the playoffs just like to have that dominant edge, edge rusher hopefully he's in shape I guess fingers crossed
2: yeah, so, I mean, speaking of this edge unit, we just found out today that Jonathan Garvin was added to the COVID-19 list. Um, of course, they will not address whether or not a player actually has COVID, but we know that Jonathan Garvin is on that list. Um, Rashawn and Gary were thinking potentially could play on Sunday if he's wearing some type of elbow brace, but if Garvin and Gary are not playing, that leaves you with an edge rush unit that consists of Preston Smith and Teepa.
1: And I guess her- LaDarius Hamilton. Do you watch Harry Potter at all?
2: Of course I do.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad. You know, the defense against the dark arts position is just cursed. <laughs> that, that's our edge rushers this season. Like everyone's going right. down. Anyone that comes in is just out. I, I
2: hate that you said that because that's all I'm going to think about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, seriously, just what I One of them has Voldemort on the back of their, under their helmets. I'm convinced. This doesn't.
2: All right, well, this is this is completely <laughs> completely derailing the show, but it is Thanksgiving. We get to watch a full slate of football games. Um we've got the Lions obviously hosting, the Cowboys will be hosting, and then we've got the Bills at the end of the evening. I was talking to Perry about this. I'm very thankful that the Packers add or that the Packers at the NFL added a night game to Thanksgiving because it was always fun to have like the noon game and then the evening game, but Having a night game just kind of lets you watch football the entirety of the day while you're eating your fourth piece of pie, and I really appreciate that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's your go-to pie?
2: Uh, Pecan pie, for sure. Really? Yeah, what's yours?
1: Hello, friends. We're getting to that point in the season where your survivor team is probably eliminated, your fantasy team that drafted Saquon Barkley and OBJ probably isn't doing the best, and maybe you're looking for something new to kickstart those fantasy football feelings. Well, let me tell you about Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on those matchups. One of my favorite aspects of Better Fantasy is that it offers prop betting. So even if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can still get in on the action. This is a totally free-to-play game that you can download on your iPhone or Android today. And the absolute best news of all, you can use code PACKADAY when you create your account to receive 1,000 better credits when you start your account. That's Better Fantasy, B-E-T-T. I just put pumpkin pie with a bunch of whipped cream and then apple pie with ice cream by it. And I just back and forth bites. Okay. Yeah. I can respect that. You know, I just, you just have to, you just got to indulge. It's the, it's the one day to just let
2: loose. I mean I have one of those like once a week. But. Oh, I know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> my cheat my cheat days or cheat meals turn into like weekends. Every week I'm like, "Ah, it's a cheat weekend. I can have whatever I want."
2: <laughs> uh, so speaking of cheat weekend, I did, you know, we talked about this pre-show. We we have a Thanksgiving game that we want to play. And I don't know if your family ever did this, but I know it is customary for a lot of families around the holidays um, to have some type of Thanksgiving football game in the backyard, um, whether it's flag football, I don't know if many relatives tackle each other. Maybe that's a thing your family does. If if so, that's, you know, dope, but for the <laughs> sake of this game, we're going to, we're going to say flag football because I feel like that keeps everything a little bit more even. Okay. Um, but you and I are going to be drafting flag football teams. Okay. And then, you know, at the end, maybe we can put it on Twitter Um, and let people vote but then we can talk about which team we think would come out victorious in the flag football game and you also are on the team and I will also be on the team
1: okay I watched you play when we had that Packers thing uh this summer that tailgate or the at your and Perry's Airbnb and based off that assessment your skills are much higher than mine
2: (laughs) (laughs) except I um have no vertical height ability to jump and I trip over my own feet very easily so I guess if I'm going to sit in the pocket, I'll be fine. Otherwise I'm absolutely screwed. So um, let's say you need to pick three people to be on your team and they can be any position, but you have to think about the fact that they'll be on offense and defense Mm -hmm. because we're both going to have to play both spots. So I will give you the first pick and then we can go back and forth with our, with our teams.
1: All right. Um, I'm since you're being so kind of me or kind of yourself to give me the first pick, I'm an idiot if you don't pick Devontae Adams. Like you have to pick him. Okay. Mainly because he's just the best wide receiver in the
2: NFL. And I would just
1: be mesmerized watching his feet off the line.
2: So I thought you were gonna say Aaron Rodgers. Um I'm not sure what position you're giving yourself, but I am gonna give myself quarterback duties of my team. So I also am not gonna take Aaron Rodgers, yeah. which is interesting. Um, I'm going to live in a world where everybody's entirely healthy and my first pick is going to be Zedaria Smith because Ooh. I just even if it's flag football I feel like I need him to bring the juice to our flag football team
1: okay smart all right uh my next one speed kills and you just have to be ridiculously fa- fast in flag football and just the flags will be a blur and I'm gonna go with not MVS, actually. I'm going to go with Eric Stokes. Have a little bit defense, and then just on offense, tell him to run straight as fast as he can.
2: Okay. I appreciate you saving me MVS, because if you were if you had a team that was just Devontae and MVS, <laughs> I, <just, like, laughs> I would quit. I would give up. Um, so I'm going to take MVS with my second pick. So now I have Zedarius Smith and MVS, and I'm not sure that I can – you know, throw the ball 70 yards, but I can at least get the ball into his hands in space and I will let him do the rest. <laughs> That's
1: smart. That's smart. <laughs> All right. My final pick, uh, just like you, I'll give myself quarterback duties um, <laughs> just for pure entertainment standpoint. Um, oh, this is a tough one. I think just because of the breakout year he had, I'm going to go with, uh, with Campbell. I'm going to, for some reason, have an inside linebacker, my team and see what he can do. Just tell him, roam wherever you want on defense on offense, just be intimidating, live your life. Campbell will come in and be the MVP.
2: All right. And the third person on my team is going to be AJ Dillon because I feel like he will have my back in pass pro. Um, or if I need to evade a situation, I can just hop on his back and his quads will take me anywhere I need to go. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I I think these are pretty solid teams. And I did say before we started recording that I also wanted to designate one team member to be on kitchen duty. So when we're done playing football, we can go inside and enjoy the feast that whoever this packer is has prepared for us. So who would be your kitchen MVP where they don't get to play with us, but they're going to throw it down in the kitchen?
1: Oh, that's a good one. I was going to pick MVS for that because he said on uh, the MVS show, he just brags about his cooking all the time. But I can't because he's gonna be playing. So thank you for that one. Ruin Gonna my be working with appetite. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm gonna go with. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of what Instagram posts I've seen about people putting food. Uh, I'm gonna go with Kenny Clark because having MVS come back in and just talk trash about the food will be great.
2: I mean, MVS has said that Kenny Clark is built like an air fryer, so you have to assume that he's got some cooking type ability, of skill, as far as yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, for me, I, I have no grounds um, to base this on, but based on the conversations that I've heard from players in their pressers about Thanksgiving, I feel like Adrian Amos can like can bring the heat in the kitchen. And okay, you know, maybe he's one of those people that like his grandma or his mom does all the cooking. That's how it was. My grandma always cooked everything. But yeah. I feel like if he if he put himself out there, he would be able to cook really well.
1: <laughs> all right, we have to find a way to ask him that. <laughs> Like that's yeah. my number one thing. Anytime I see a presser, I'm just gonna be asking that question. See if someone sees it and asks.
2: Maybe he addressed it in his presser today. I don't know. I, I only saw a post from Matt Schneidman that said that he likes it when all of his food touches on his plate. And normally that yeah. means that somebody is not a picky eater. And you know, picky eaters normally I don't think are very good cooks. So
1: No. I feel what like about you wanna mix it up. For Thanksgiving, do you have like do you just mound it up or are you Oh yeah. Oh, same. Oh, yeah.
2: You got to let it all like mix together, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like that's just like the Midwest in us just because like we <laughs> love casseroles. And that's just like making your own pretty much just everything <laughs> on top of each
2: other. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh OK, so now that this has gone completely off the rails, will you be doing any cooking for Thanksgiving or do you go somewhere?
1: Um, We are going to my parents. uh We were supposed to go to Georgia, actually, to see some of my wife's family, but uh they just had a new baby and... Our kiddos have like a slight cough, so we don't want to take it to the new baby. So we'll actually go into my parents this week. Um, my mom will do some. My aunt might be there and do some. But like me personally, I'm on I'm on carry it in duty. Like I'll go out <laughs> and meet everyone and I'll carry their stuff in for them. I can't cook to save my life. So I will not. What about you?
2: We are hosting. We bought our oh. house. Yeah, we bought our house during the pandemic. So we have not been able to host anybody. And now we have both families coming over. So it's going to be small still, but there's going to be like nine of us and we're doing the meat, the protein, not doing a turkey though. Cause I absolutely hate cooking turkeys. So we're going to do a ham, but okay, cause those are way easier and harder to mess up. But <laughs> yeah. And you know, I like that you're on carry it in duty. I always put my husband on talking duty because I am not social even despite, you know, being on a podcast. So mm. I just sit in the corner and I eat yep. my pie and I drink my beer and he just mingles around the whole, the whole place. It's great.
1: It's a, uh, that's like one of a lot of the other reasons of having kids, blah, blah, blah. But always having a deflector for conversations is the best. <laughs> like I know exactly what I'm going to be asked now. It's no awkward conversation. It's always, how are the kids? Oh, good. Anything new? Not really. And then we move on. We move
2: our merry way. It's just talking about kids. It's great. So getting into just a, just a wee bit of football talk to wrap this up. But I think, I think honestly, Thanksgiving and football are very synonymous as far as mm-hmm. the food and the football and the family It all kind of blends together. Um, what are your thoughts on Sunday? I mean, just in general, do you think it's a close game? Do you think the Packers pull it out? And then I guess final score predictions as well.
1: Yeah, I think this one is going to be a close game. Uh, Matthew Stafford, even when he was on the lions, always played us tough. And last year, Elton Jenkins obviously did an incredible job against Aaron Donald, but Donald's also a little bit injured at that time. So I think it's kind of might even be a little bit of a revenge game for him because he was completely shut down last year. Um, I don't know. I I know the Packers can win it. There's too much talent on that team, despite all the injuries, for them not to. Uh, whenever you have Rodgers and Devontae on offense, and you have even if Rashawn Gary does play, but you have uh, two of the best safeties in the league, Campbell and the um, Campbell and Kenny Clark doing great against the run on run defense. Like I think we have the talent to do it. Uh, I just think it'll be a close one. I hope we commit to the run. I think that would be a big key to this. Like we have to be very physical with this Rams defense. Um, but I think the Packers will pull it out. I think it's going to be 31. I want to give Mason Crosby a field goal uh, to 27.
2: That's really scary. Cause I just got off packs, what she said and my final score was 31, 27 as well. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, it's the same thing. I want Mason Crosby to kick one. It is funny though, that, I mean, it's supposed to be like 37 and sunny and nice and pretty at Lambeau on Sunday. And against Seattle, it was like 25 degrees and snowing. So we're going yeah. backwards as far as the weather, we want it to become even more frozen in the frozen tundra. But last thing before we wrap this up, I know the Packers are not technically playing on Thanksgiving, but if you had to award some type, type of Turkey bowl trophy for one player on offense and one player on defense for the Packers, who has to have a really good game in order for this team to come out on top?
1: Um, I think it's going to be, I wanted to give it to the whole offensive line unit, unit, but I'm going to give it to, uh, to Yash. I think he's going to have to, I think he's going to have to do great at that left tackle position. He did well. Um, when he filled in those couple games, Elton Jenkins missed, but I think just coming in, you're taking now the best player that was on that offensive line. He's out, you're, you're filling his shoes, uh, until, Bakhtiari comes back like you have to have a strong game this one uh so he's gonna he needs to step it up for sure and then kind of like I mentioned before we 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 saw that Stafford's interceptions have mostly gone to linebackers and safety so I'm going to give it to Darnell Savage I think he's shown he can be positioned to make plays and now he's just he's going to have another opportunity to make them this week so hopefully he does
2: yeah so mine are going to be MVS on offense because I think I think we're kind of seeing, especially after the Vikings game, what this offense can look like at full strength. You know, MVS was hurt and out. Then when he was able to return, Aaron Rodgers was obviously out. So I think this is the first time in a long time that we're seeing the two of them on the field together. And hopefully what MVS and the offense put on tape against the Vikings is enough for this Packers team to be able to not necessarily have to go up against cover two for the entirety of the game, which will free up Devante as well. So Mm -hmm. I think an MBS has to have a good game on offense. And then on defense, I'm going to take Eric Stokes because he feels the most likely to have to match up the most consistently with Cooper cup, who is kind of the Matt Stafford security blanket. So he got beat a couple times by Justin Jefferson. It happens. Justin Jefferson is one of the best in the NFL at what he does for a reason. But I think Eric Stokes has a bounce back game and, hopefully looks more like the lockdown player that he was kind of looking like the last couple weeks.
1: Yeah. Is there any concern with you with OBJ being in there for another week? Like, do you think there's going to be more involvement with him or are you really not too concerned with him?
2: I'm very intrigued to see him kind of acclimate more into the Rams offense because I thought Robert Woods was such a perfect fit for Sean McVay's offense that, I mean, OBJ is OBJ. I think he'll still be talented and able to play in that scheme, but He's not necessarily who I would have envisioned as like the missing piece for the Rams. So I think he'll have his moments, but I don't necessarily see him having like a vintage OBJ performance on Sunday. How about you?
1: No, I'm right there with you. I think there'll be some plays that he's more comfortable in, or there might be more of connection with Stafford because of an extra week of practice. But I think overall it's still really early that he's on that team and he doesn't, Woods was such an important part and OBJ doesn't really fit that mold perfectly. Um, And I think they're still trying to figure out what's the best way to get him involved in the offense. So hopefully they do some guinea pig plays against us. that just they find out do not work. So that'd be great.
2: All right. Well, that is going to do it for the Thanksgiving episode of the Pack a Day podcast. Um, We tried to keep it short for you because it is a holiday. But Jimmy, if people are trying to listen to more Packers content and avoid talking to their relatives, where can they find all of your work?
1: uh you can find me on twitter at jimmy underscore c08 uh anything i do is posted there uh find me wednesdays on lombardi's bar seven thirty, uh over at game on wisconsin we just had an interview with kenny clark last week so if you haven't listened to that um you crazy you should go back and listen to it it's a really good interview uh but just follow me on twitter anytime i do anything it's always posted
2: Absolutely. And you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write a couple articles a week for Cheesehead TV, and I'm also part of the Packs with Cheesehead podcast with Perry Goldstein. You can find that podcast at PWSS Podcast. Thank you all for listening to the Pack a Day podcast, the only podcast available 365 days a year. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and holiday weekend with your loved ones. And as always, Go Pack Go!